Well, hey everyone, welcome to another morning in our It Takes a Village series, where as a church family, believing that it takes a village to raise a family, uh, we've devoted this month to hearing from some voices uh, in our church's kind of surrounding village. So rather than hearing from the parents, so to speak, themselves, uh, we're allowing some voices from our uh, broader village to speak into us this month. And uh, we're really excited. In fact, personally, I'm super excited for this morning because we're having a conversation today that I probably wanted to have for at least a year with uh, 2016 Rio Olympic marathoner, Krista Duchesne. Krista, thank you so much for allowing us to be part of your backyard. We crashed her house today, so <laughs> thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Um, just to introduce yourself to our community, we're here in Brantford, Ontario, so uh, some of us might not be familiar with you. Uh, just give us a bit of your backstory, you know, where you come from, family life, that kind of stuff. Sure. So I grew up on a farm in southwestern Ontario between London, Chatham, and Sarnia, and uh, very active as a child, five siblings, and I played hockey when I was young, and then I ran as well. And then I went to University of Guelph, and that's when I uh, got more into hockey. And then I returned to running after that. So I got my degree in nutrition there, and then did my internship to be a registered dietitian after that. And uh, your family life, I know we have a little bit of connection. Uh, your husband was on the summer team at Camp Crossroads at the same time as my brother and his uh, soon to become wife Tracy, and uh, so we've got a bit of a connection there. Uh, talk about your kids and brag about them for a little bit. Yeah, so Jonathan and I met in Guelph, uh, and he played volleyball, so we actually knew each other through Athletes in Action, so uh, that was a neat connection. And then I actually spent a week up at Crossroads just volunteering oh, yeah. while he, I think he was a cabin leader for the week, so it was great. Now our kids go there, and uh, so we have three kids, age 11, nine and six and uh the boys will be heading up there this summer our six-year-old hasn't gone yet but she's dying to go and yeah they're really active our oldest plays rep hockey and then our second plays um does competitive swimming and then our daughter's getting into gymnastics so um yeah they seem to be quite active but they love it it's it's a passion of theirs so we support it and it's exciting to go to their hockey games i'd rather do that than come home at night and just sit there and watch tv yeah 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 so you know, you're, you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. It's basically, <laughs> basically the life that you're describing here. Krista, one of the things that I wanted to focus in on, um, outside of your athletic involvements, we've already spent a half hour talking about that as a wannabe Olympian. So uh, we, can, we can talk about that later if you want. But um, I want to talk about, first of all, your journey into becoming uh, an elite uh, endurance runner. Uh, you said that you went to university and played hockey. So, like, how did you become a runner and how did that become competitive for you? Well, when I had finished my degree in nutrition and basically graduated and retired from hockey, I knew I had kind of fulfilled everything I wanted in hockey. We, um, you know, we won OUAs one year and we were fourth at nationals. So I kind of felt like, yeah, I've done everything I want to with hockey but I still had some passion for running. I had kept running just to stay in shape. So there was one day I went out and I did 18K back before we had Garmin's. You had to get, <laughs> guess how far you ran. And I thought, okay, a marathon's 42. It'd be neat to try one. So I gave myself a year to train for it and uh, did my internship and we got married and then went out and did my first marathon in three hours and 28 minutes in 2002 in Niagara Falls. Wow. 
So uh, basically, like everyone else that does a marathon, you are in a lot of pain and you think you'll never do it again. Yeah, yeah. Then as soon as you cross the line, you already know what your next marathon's going to be. So <laughs> I just kept doing marathons and kept kind of taking chunks off my time. And then it got to the point where it's like, okay, we can do this seriously. So we, um, yeah, it's been kind of a long, gradual um, process and over the years I've cut back my hours you know as a registered dietitian and then know he wanted to have kids and as I got better I just um, took my running training to the next level every time yeah now here's the part that blows me away is because I've met Olympians before I understand sort of how the general trajectory works this whole time you've become this Olympic marathoner as a mom with a job as a spouse, um, and I don't know how to ask this any more crudely than just like, how have you been able to juggle all of that? Well, I mean, the main thing is it's, I believe it's a gift that God's given me and like Eric Liddell and the Chariots of Fire, um, I believe God made me for a reason and he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. So I feel this is what I'm here for. I feel like, um, it's, it's a gift and an ability and, and something that not everyone loves. And I love it and I happen to be pretty good at it. Yeah. And um, I, I just feel like it's it's what I meant to be here for. Now that doesn't mean like being a Christian, everything is easy. Cause there's times where I've yelled at the kids or like the house is a mess yeah. and, and it's crazy trying to balance everything. But I guess it's just what I feel that my calling is. And, and in pursuing that calling, let alone profession, um, when you look at the guys who are pursuing this this kind of vocation, do you feel that there's a drastic difference given the load that you carry with your family and with your kids? Or like, uh, talk about the the challenges of being a marathon mom as opposed to just a marathoner. Well, it's interesting because when I started out playing hockey when I was young, I was like one of only a few girls on the boys hockey team is what it used to be called. So I used to get changed on a stretcher in an, in a, a first aid room. Okay, so I've, yeah. I've always felt like I'm just as good as them. I just happen to be in another room and I've been in races where I've had guys that desperately want to beat the first female and <laughs> more power to you. That's fine. Um, some of them I want to beat, but, um, you know, definitely the, I guess the challenges have been, especially when the kids were young, like, you know, I nursed the babies and I was the one that was pregnant and my body was changing. So yeah. those are things that Jonathan couldn't do. But um, I think I look back on those days and I wonder myself how I did it, where I, I nursed them all past a year and I'd, I'd run a race or I'd have a totally sleepless night with a sick child and get up and Sometimes I do a workout at like four in the morning or something, knowing I had to be back to get the others to school before Jonathan went to work. So when you're in the moment, I think you just learn how to do it and how to get done what you need to get done. And you have to let some things go mm. and move on. Yeah, I'm wondering, because um, I think that there might be some specific, specifically some, some women watching today that are wondering like, how do you carry all of that and pursue your dreams? Because it sounds like you know this became a passion for you and something you thought you could really, really be be great at, um, and you've managed to kind of navigate all that. Has it been a trade-off for you, or do you view that differently? I mean, I think that one thing to know is that we want to be the best at what we can do, 
with what we're gifted to do. And I, I know one thing that stung for me was I wanted to be the fastest Canadian marathoner in 2013. And I beat the 28 year old record, but Lady Marchant beat me first right. in the I same race. That. So Sylvia Ruger, Christian, who had the record, um, we walked away and, and I said, oh, I really wanted that. Like, I really thought God could use me. Well, that's when she said the, the phrase, it takes more grace than I can tell to play the second fiddle well. So I had to accept the fact that I don't need to be the best because I want to be the best. God can use me as second fiddle. So I had to accept that. And, you know, there's, there's pride on the line. It can be humbling when you enter that race thinking you're going to get the outcome you want because you think, oh, God can use me. But we never necessarily know what God's plan is. But I think we just have to keep moving forward. And when we do have disappointments, we realize, okay, I'm still going to move forward. It might sometimes be two steps forward, one step back, but keep going ahead and showing our light to people, especially in those downtimes, in those times where you're really disappointed, where they see your faith is as good as anything. So there's a, a difference to you that the, kind of the anchoring difference is I can think about Proverbs like, you know, we, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. Like exactly. There's a, there's a difference yeah. between what you would identify as your dreams, even though they're your dreams and, mm -hmm. and passions, versus being open and submissive to what God may actually want and what his outcome for your life might might be. Mm -hmm. um, think of another proverb that says, you know, many are the plans of men or women in this case, but it's the Lord's purpose mm -hmm. uh, that prevails. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like for you, so long as you're most anchored in God's purpose for your life and his calling, then, you know, the dreams are what they are. Mm -hmm. huh. Well, I just came back from the London Marathon just two months ago and new coach, did a month of training in Kenya at altitude, great shape. And I had an awful race. Uh, I had some stomach issues. And that's the first thing I said when I crossed the line and Alan interviewed me was Proverbs 69. We can make, um, plan our steps, but the Lord decides them. And so whether it's a good race or a bad race, um, I have to shine my light in all those situations. Now, staying on this marathon mom theme just for a moment, um, you know, imagine across all of our Southridge locations that there are young women uh, or you know, household navigating women uh, that have dreams in their spirits right now and are wondering, oh, do I have what it takes? You know, should I go for it? What, you know, how would I do it all? Uh, any encouragements that you'd provide to them in pursuing their dreams or making all that work? Yeah, I think definitely follow your heart and, you know, be in tune with the prompting from the Holy Spirit and, and knowing what you're gifted to do. Write down your goals and work back from there. Um, let things go. Like, um, not everything has to be perfect. We can juggle a few balls in the air, but if you drop one once in a while, that's okay. I think you have to prioritize what's important at the time. And um, the summer I trained for the Olympics, my kids cleaned the house, did laundry and cooked. And if I came home and, you know, the house wasn't as clean as maybe I would like it, I let it go. Like, that's fine because I'm training them. So just <clears throat> kind of focusing on what you need to at the time get done in order to succeed and, and have your off season and your on season. Anything uh, specific along those lines to uh, from a faith based perspective? You know, growing up in a faith environment, that's obvious to, to, to see as, as you radiate that. Um, but I think in a lot of faith-based settings, it can be a little bit more male-dominated. And women can kind of have a, you know, maybe a, a more subservient or a kind of a secondary view of themselves or of their potential. 
anything from your own experience or that you want to encourage women in just to feel like they can fully go for it and be all that God wants them to be too? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important that we realize that God made men and women differently. So um, I think you need to focus on what you're good at, not maybe what someone else is good at. And um, I don't know, I I guess I've kind of struggled with answering those types of questions because I've, I mean, John and I have a great relationship where he's the leader in our home, but we're definitely partners and in this together. Mm -hmm. So in terms of careers, you know, he's done really well in, in his career. And, and then he kind of slowed down a bit so that I could get my Olympic, um, you know, performance in check. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that one. That's so. okay. <clears throat> That's okay. I just hope that, you know, even trying to, we talked earlier about your day just today with 25K in your legs already. And uh, knowing the window of time that we had to interview uh, while your kids were in school, just watching the passion but also the discipline that you're kind of putting all this together uh it was really inspiring for me as a guy never mind and i hope for i hope for the women in our location we can be inspired as well uh that it's not a trade-off that you can actually pursue your passions pursue your dreams Mm -hmm. and navigate some of the even responsibilities that may be disproportionate to you as a as a parent as a mother as a spouse uh, that's great. So. I, I think it's important too to be able to, to to set boundaries and to be able to say no when you can't handle everything. And um, you know your kids always need you, and and they get up in the night, and there's so many things that we have to kind of think about. Like this is the last week of school for our kids, so there's so many little details. But I kind of have to break it down to get done what I need to get done. So if at the end of the day I'm in bed by nine o'clock, that's fine with me. But if it also means that I've had to say no to some things, then it's allowed me to succeed in other areas. That's great. Um, want to dig in a little bit deeper to the whole faith thing. Uh, can you give us a bit of a description just of your own faith background? You grew up, grew up in church, you know? Yeah, I grew up in a Christian home and I'm, I'm so, so glad that I did because, um, you know, as kids, we went to church every week. We didn't, have to I don't remember my parents ever saying you have to go to church but we just did so I'm kind of glad that it wasn't really like forced on us but we just it's something that we wanted to do so both my parents um, ended up dying with cancer when I was uh, 18 and 20 years of age so I think that was probably a big point for me in my life in that um, you know looking back there's mistakes I've made and I would do it differently but I think I definitely grew my faith there knowing that we're just here temporarily. You know, I remember when I was at the Olympics and in the big, huge dining hall and I'm around all these famous people, people and just thinking they're all just people at the end of the day, you know, it's all about eternity and where we're going to be forever. So um, I'm glad that I'll get to see my parents someday knowing that they were believers. And yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. My faith really grew as well at our church camp, Maple Grove. Okay. Uh, so I think camping, Christian camping is really important for kids. And um, then got involved with Athletes in Action at Guelph. And uh, that's where I met Jonathan and then uh, settled in Brantford and made Brant Community Church our home. Hmm. And Athletes in Action, just if we're unclear, uh, it's a ministry basically often an on-campus ministry mm-hmm. uh, that shares the message of Jesus through sport, correct? Yeah. 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 Um, can you comment then today, uh, as an Olympic marathoner, dietitian, spouse, mom, whatever, uh, just the role that faith plays in all that? 
Well, you know, it's it's all about my faith. And in fact, I think the further I get into it and the, the better I've become, it's been more and more about God. And a lot of people say, are you going to try for the next Olympics 2020? And I think if I make it to Tokyo in 2020, that is totally a God thing because I'll be 43 years old and I already thought, I was already the oldest one on the team yeah. for athletics at Rio. So how neat would that be to just continue to... Um, let my faith shine so that people can be well how can she do this like i broke my leg and people yeah, thought i'd qualifying. be done for sure then i made the you olympics steel rod yeah then... i still have the hardware on yeah. my leg three kids and i'm old but god can do anything he can move mountains he can use you in any way that he wants so my heart's open to that yeah. and um so yeah we'll, we'll see what's next but it's it's exciting that my faith will just continue to be what it's all about all the time in terms of how i live my life now here's what i want to press in on that and if for nobody else this is just personal to me and my own frankly my own curiosities uh because i would have come from a background similar to yours uh athletically not uh not quite as uh, high achieving, unfortunately. Um, but as an aspiring Olympian, I remember back in that era of my life, not being able to imagine how being all into an endurance sport like long distance running and being fully devoted to Christ could, could happen. For me, that mm. never worked. I, 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 I knew what it was like to be all into the sport and you and I have many mutual friends uh, through that but I never figured out how to reconcile those so what what would you say to me or to 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 people like me that would view both of those pursuits as requiring kind of an all-in engagement but don't know how to reconcile that it, yeah, it's funny because I'm probably the complete opposite in that it's in one the same. Mm. So, um, it never compartmentalized for you. No, mm. no. See, I didn't. I didn't dream of, when I was young. If anything, I wanted to be a gymnast. I used to do cartwheels yeah. around the floor watching the Olympic gymnasts yeah. on TV, and never did gymnastics. And then it was, oh, maybe I'll make it to the Olympics for hockey. Almost had a tryout in the national team, didn't work out. So I don't think it was until 2009 when I was applying for my Saucony sponsorship that I actually wrote down on paper, you know, the goal of making it to the Olympics. And I made it seven years later and had a couple kids in between there and broke my leg. So um, I think that um, I, I just trusted God that he would continue to plan out the next steps for me. And... Um, and continue to use me, but I guess that's where I feel that is what I'm here for. Yeah, it sounds as if running, you know, you know your faith was first and underlying, exactly. and running just became a journey that your faith life mm -hmm. took, and you know you began to pursue that in so far as you were following Christ and felt like that's where he was he was leading. Right, and there were uh, there was a couple of people that said to me years ago, two people specifically I remember, and I thanked them many times, where they said, oh, you should try to make the Olympics. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not that fast. But then sometimes I think that's, that's God giving you the message in another way because then you start thinking, well, maybe I could. And I remember sitting there and writing out my, my times and goals and how many minutes I'd have to take off over the next couple of years and put baby breaks in there to do it and and trusting like if god if this is what you want me to do make this happen and you look at the math and i 
I went past those goals sooner than what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, are there ever times where you feel like the the calling of a Jesus follower to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength takes a back seat or, or competes with the passion and commitment and discipline that it takes to be a, a high performance endurance never, athlete? Never, not never, not at all, no. Because I'm not defined my, by my performance. Mm. So anytime that I'm interviewed or uh, anything for a magazine or TV or whatever, and they say, is there anything else? I always want my faith to be part of that. So like I said before, when I've had disappointments, when I collapsed in the heat in Russia, and I was in the best shape of my life there at the World Championships, and then I broke my leg. Those were times that I could still witness to people and say, God is good all the time. And look what he used out of that. So um, that's what it's all about. And and it makes it so much easier when you have a disappointment because you just feel God's love and and him with you during those times. When, you know, when I crossed the line at the Olympics and it's like, wow, I'm I'm an Olympian, I can actually say it. That was incredible, but you're closer to God in those deep, dark times yeah. where you're so disappointed or you're you know, lying in a stretcher in a hospital and you have no idea what's wrong with you. Yeah. yeah, and I hope that, you know, all of us across our locations are picking up on this, that on the one hand, this hasn't been just some, oh, I follow Jesus, so everything's oh. up and to the right all the time. Not at all. And, you know, what I'm hearing from you is that long before you began to get involved in running, uh, which would have been different in that era in my life for sure. Um, long before you got involved in running, your identity was so secure in Christ that anything that anyone would want to call you now, you know, Olympian, professional athlete, you know, soccer sponsor, national team, whatever, um, those are all secondary exactly, or you know, way yeah. less relevant sources of identity than I'm a beloved child of God. And, and yeah, and if you look at my my Twitter handle in Facebook it says Christian first and that's for a reason Mm -hmm. and people have noticed that and and said you know they really admire it well that's all that matters to me Mm -hmm. and you know another real disappointment probably the lowest I've ever had in in my my career is when I broke my foot in 2015 and during that time I Jonathan was working a lot and I stepped on a rock and just broke my foot and I was in really good shape to run a fall marathon and I had to accept the fact that I was using running as my joy it was it was maybe taking over a bit there in terms of christ as my joy because the kids were home from school he was away a lot they were younger it was just it was tough and then i couldn't run i had and my foot was broken that's when i really had to you know get back down on my knees again and realize that he is first all the time and we're always being refined so let me tap in a bit deeper there because obviously (laughs) we picked up anything so far uh you figured out how to navigate this thing called discipline. <laughs> um, discipline being the root of what a follower of Jesus is. Jesus said, come and be my disciple. Um, have there been any core like practices or habits or disciplines that you've employed over the years that have been most helpful to you to keep you centered spiritually and to keep you from kind of drifting off in, in, in that sense? Yeah, I mean, I think being a, a runner, we, we like our numbers and come back from a workout and you kind of want to compare it to other years or see how you're progressing in that season. And one thing I, you know, need to stick with and a promise I made to myself is is that after I come back and I, I have my shower and eat and, and a quiet time, a rest, I, I need to get my Bible out. Not get out my training plan, yeah. 
and look at the numbers and it's fun. It's God has to come first there because then I've got to get the kids like an hour later. So that's something that we always have to make sure that he's number one um, in getting our time over anything in our, in our complete devotion. Because I'm, I'm asking this less from the wannabe Olympic runner um, and more on behalf of all of us across our locations who have passions and have pursuits and you know whether we're running a business or we're teaching school kids or you know whatever there's 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 things that can compete from what the scriptures describe as our first love and i'm just i'm curious to know how it is that you retain christ as your first love and what you're saying is sometimes it's just as simple as literally doing first things first Mm -hmm. spend time with god Mm -hmm. kinds of routines yep and you know if you get out of those habits you know that you're starting to to suffer and little things like you're you're short with the kids or you don't have as much patience with your spouse and it's like wait a minute like i haven't given everything to god today to get everything aligned Mm -hmm. so that the other things do work out and are you able to kind of internally regulate when you can sense that in you when you're when you're drifting from God's first in my life, or when you're finding yourself, oh, you know what? I'm not as dialed in as I'd like to be. Whoa. How do yeah, you know I that's think, going um, on? You know, I think that other people can see our weaknesses easier than we yeah. easier than we yeah. can see ourselves. Yeah. So I think sometimes it takes like, you know, getting feedback from my family and just the little things that they might say, where it's like, oh man, I really goofed up there, or you know, just the other day, Leah said something about. I don't know, something that I did. And then that really puts it in perspective because it's like if they're making comments like that, yikes, it's probably true. So, um, but God doesn't expect us to be perfect. I think that we just need to continue to try to, um, you know, address those weaknesses or those areas that we know that we need to kind of um, put others first. If someone was watching today and was feeling like, you know, I, I just can't be as good at blank because of my faith in Christ. Um, assuming that somehow keeping God first means that everything else has to be second or, you know, sacrificed in that sense. W- what would you say to that? <sighs> That's a tough one um, because, you know, like I've said, this this is about him. And the deeper I've gotten into it, the more it's been clear that, you know, that it's it's all a God thing but I I think that just like many things you have to just be in tune with your your prayer life and reading scripture and and you know attending church and listening to messages to know what the truth is it's all about truth right so um, I think sometimes we hope and we dream of doing things for our own desires but that's not necessarily what maybe God has in plan for us so I don't know I guess just continuing to to follow what you think the truth is and what God is using you to do on this earth during this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I picked up that in this conversation that you know, pursuing your passion is great so long as you keep desiring to align your passion or submit your passion to God's dreams and best for yeah. you. Yeah, and, and I, think, that. I think because I've had so many highs and lows in my career, it's it's almost comical to see this. Like, I know when I broke my foot, I had broken a few ribs before. And so I remember I came back and I said to the kids, okay, this is how God wants to use me. And it's almost a joke, like really <laughs> more broken bones. 
so I, he can work an interesting way. So it's almost with such highs and lows, it's just been evident that he can still do incredible things with, you know, an older woman with three kids and hardware in her legs. I don't know. <laughs> an older woman with three kids. That's how she's describing herself. Making me feel like I'm 20 pounds overweight here. <laughs> um, Krista, now our community uh, is made up of people from all across the spiritual spectrum. Some of whom are here this morning and they're just checking out faith for the first time. Yep. And so they may have watched you in Rio. They may have you know, seen you on TV in a road race or, or you know, in an international marathon or whatever. Um, any encouragement specifically to that person who's just curiously exploring the role that faith can play in their life? What would you want to say to them? Um, I guess for me, I had to grow up pretty early at a young age with my parents dying yeah. when I was young. So I think that that really gave me perspective in that we're only here for a short time. This, this is just temporary life on earth. And then, you know, being all the way to the Olympics and seeing Usain Bolt and Penny Alexia and, you know, the, the best athletes knowing at the end of the day, we're all the same. So whether, you know, honestly, if I ever won a gold medal in the Olympics, um, that wouldn't matter. That would not give me any satisfaction compared to what I have in Christ, knowing that this is just a blink. So it's all about where we will spend, spend eternity. And, and that is, um, it's a choice that I'm so glad that I made. Any, uh, any final encouragements to our community? I know that you're familiar a little bit with our church, uh, even from a distance. Uh, just, you know, thinking about our community and anything you'd want to share to them? Uh, no, it's just great to share my story and to talk to you and, you know, know that we have the background together. Yeah. And, and you know, as I phase out of running, I'm going to be doing more speaking engagements and stuff like that. So I'm, I love sharing my story because I think I speak from my heart and I can be honest with people about how rotten I felt and how sad I was when, you know, I had these disappointments yeah. in my career, but how how great it's been in other times. So, um, yeah, it's just good to connect with you and um, I hope someone has gotten something out of this today. Yeah, great. Well, listen, uh, if, if no one else has, I have. Um, I, I appreciate very much you sitting down with us and, and just sharing your heart. Uh, obviously coming from this background myself, I've got kids who are now growing up in this and I'm thinking about even them watching today, knowing that in our house, we talk a lot about 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? You know, run in such a way as to get the prize. But then it says each athlete who goes into strict training goes in it to pursue a crown that will not last. Mm -hmm. But we in faith pursue a crown that lasts mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, just hearing the, the conviction that you can confidently say that with all of your achievements. Uh, yeah, that, that's inspired me today. So thanks so much for Thank sharing you. with us. Yeah. Gang, thanks for visiting us again this morning. Uh, we'll see you next week as we continue our series called It Takes a Village. Have a great day.